five, four, three. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We are coming into the split record episode. So today we have two different groups, actually three different threads, because we've got we've got one person playing two two characters. Woo. So let's get started with uh, just a couple of quick announcements off the top. One, um, our lovely illustrious uh, Alexis has um, unfortunately moved several hours away and has taken a new job that's taken up a lot of their time. And uh, due to them having very loud, obnoxious dogs and not the greatest setup for remote recording, uh, we are going to be moving Salatra into an NPC situation. Uh, so Liz will be rolling um, not only for Coriander and playing Coriander, but also doing some roles for Salatra when I prompt them. And Katarina. Uh, and, and Katarina Marmalade and possibly cat. Marmalade. But... Never fear, Alexis will be back before too long. We have uh, our next special coming up after book one wraps up, Star Wars Remnants of War. She will be playing a, uh, a galactic bounty hunter sniper. So uh, hang around. She'll be back. And uh, in the meantime... She's not even the coolest character. I mean, I don't know. She... Uh, <laughs> we'll have to get That's, into she's that She's a one. very cool character, we'll have but to get she's into not that. the coolest character. I'm the coolest it's, character. Oh, bullshit. I'm tough. partial to I'm mine. I'm the coolest character. No, I don't think you are. It's well, a- we're a team in it, so... Yeah, that's right. High five. Eh. We're a, we're a co- the co- coolest character. We're the coolest. We're the coolest character. I don't know why I stumbled over that so hard. We're the cokest character. Whatever, dude. I'm well, like, now that two of them have exposed their presence, let's get on to the player interest for who we've got in this group. Uh, laying on the floor due to his back being thrown out. Hi, I'm Caleb with the thrown out back, laying on the floor, recording. He's over If I sound now. snotty, that's why, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm not snotty in real life most of the time. Find me on YouTube at Caleb's Spicy Videos. Um, I just posted a picture of a cat that got a lot of views because it's fucking YouTube. She's majestic. And cats get a lot of views. And over here, kind of like in the corner, I'll pass it off to... And in this corner is Jackie B. (laughs) Uh, Hi, so I'm Jackie, and um, I am the person... Oh, God, okay, starting that over. So, hi, I'm Jackie B. We're doing great today. Hi, Jackie. Hi. And I play Lavender Cooper. Um, we are both uh, f- like she, her pronoun users and people. And um, and my life is apparently less boring than I thought it was like over the past month. Yeah. Um, because these my, these lovely people in this group like reminded me oh yeah didn't this happen and this happened and this happened yes it did stories for days gang yeah including the most recent one of my students made me an instagram fan page because she is fan worthy apparently is like the most famous i'll ever be so also kids like elementary school kids are much nicer than these are middle schoolers they're the most vicious Categorically, the most vicious. Of yeah, age groups. I mean, seventh graders. Like yeah. they're twelve and thirteen years old. Their hormones they're are going off, but they don't understand what it is. I don't know how to masturbate yet, and I'm angry about it. <laughs> was that yep. Caleb or her student? I think that was. Bosch. I'm gonna go ahead and say right now that Caleb knows how to masturbate. No more for no further questions. Your I'm really honor. glad we took a take two on this introduction. So who else do we have over here? You in the know, corner? it's really clipping along. We're only at four minutes so far. Um, hi, I am Liz Muskrat. I play Coriander Cooper, 
awesome twin sister of Lavender Cooper. I also go by she, her pronouns. And uh, you can find me on the Instagram at Liz doing stuff. It's my feet doing stuff. And uh, welcome to Droughtland. And oh, I took your line. Suck it. As always, I'm your narrator, Jay Muskrat. Uh, I was going to say I got some cool new dice because I've got, we've yeah, got boss we battles go coming shopping. up. And Shout out to Metagame. Metagame. Yeah. Uh, and I got some sweet dice that are just itching to be rolled. So I'm hoping to murder some players here in the next couple of episodes. And uh, we'll get caught up with the other group here in just a minute. Uh, but for now, let's get going with Previously on Droughtland. And there's just a moment of eye contact as you put the barrel to the side of her head and pull the trigger. And then you are sprayed with brain matter, bone chunks. Her knees hit the mud, and then you hit the mud, and then the rest of her body hits the mud. Al takes a deep breath and goes, So, you coming with us, or are you going with them? Alright, you worms. Let's get this bird in the air. Let go of the fore and the aft line. Furl the jib and rig the balloon for rapid ascent. Stow that whiskey bottle, trooper, and will somebody please take that emergency balloon release line from the greenhorn? Come on. Come on, let's look lively now. Anyone caught dawdling will be shot on sight. Baja, it's good to see you again. Frog, I have a confession to make. In the commotion, I lost my pass. Baja, I can tell the face of a man who has lost his home before. Many times. Baja. Overall. We come to you because we need an emissary. Things have changed since you were here. Things move fast on Bahathmet's back. And Baja, it may be time for us to reach out to the humans above because Baja our home is fallen Chapter 29, Uprising. Several feet away, a poor 
completely innocent Calvec girl's head is blown apart. And that gentleman heads to deal with his own matters. But there's so much chaos going on with you guys as you begin to pull uh, pull yourselves onto Harold and Salatra's ship that they've brought down. Harold's ship, really. Uh, it's not even my ship. We established it as my We employer. borrowed it. Yeah. We borrowed it. Currently in your possession. Possession's nine-tenths of the law, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes ten-tenths, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Insinuate, <laughs> I mean. Cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legal references. <laughs> I'm room of lawyers. Everybody loves Let's that. get that legal eagle guy on here. He'd be fun. <laughs> so Salatro gives you guys a hand getting the rest of the survivors onto the ship. Um, and they're like beginning to pack on. You guys are right about at capacity. In fact, I believe you guys were tossing stuff overboard last episode in order to get uh, enough space to and, and wait to pack everyone on here. So as that is happening, the four of you guys, uh, I guess five, uh, including Katarina, get to the stern of the ship and uh, you guys have a little bit of space back there. Everyone's kind of packed around in the center, right? There's a lot of survivors that are getting packed in there. You guys are, again, just parallel next to the uh, the cliff. Uh, as the last few of the survivors climb onto the ship, you guys see that uh, Evan and, and and Kietel has gone over to try and join Evan's group, and they are packing on with Friendly and Doctor Obara onto this uh, this like pulled together sort of, sort of ramshackle Zeppelin device, and they have also grabbed Rin, who's going to come over and help pilot that. <laughs> So Katarina is going to immediately try, like, once everyone's on, she's going to try and just pull away. Is there any reason you guys would like to stop that or um, any we are, are we, to- we, we weren't tied in. We were just being kept ho- hovering yeah, there, right? Much just in that case, in. let's just take off. I don't even yeah. care if everybody is on board. Is All of the named characters are on board. Into, yes. Did I make that up? There are... Uh, you guys have seen one more Desert Sun ship above, like, above you guys. But, but it's, like, in the distance. Yeah, currently, and, and, like, the mine is almost a mile across. So, like, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, if all of the named characters are on, yeah, Harold yeah. is going to go yeah. ahead and... Give, and all the survivors the are on at this point, yeah, so yeah, you what, guys can just go at ahead At this point, I think, it's, uh, I think we should just go ahead and just leave. Go. Fuck them. Let's, yeah. let's go. Let's get out of here. Uh, says, I see that your, uh, speech therapy is going good. You've almost worked that Southern accent out. Well, you know, um, sometimes we just try to emulate people that we hear on the radio or, or, or in speech, you know, like it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. (laughs) Go ahead and give me a roll, uh, Liz for Katarina's piloting. She has a seven in all things, all things combined. She has a seven in her piloting. Got a seven. So 14? Yeah. Okay. So that is more than enough, even if she's rolling it with perception instead of her decks. What she's going to do is she's going she's, she's gonna to yell uh, to everyone, because right now it is super loud still. There's, uh, there's like super intense wind hitting you guys. There's rain pouring down on you guys and dripping from above on the, the, uh, the Zeppelin. So Katarina is, as she's going to, as she begins to like spin the wheel to pull away from the edge, she yells over her shoulder to you guys, I'm going to try and give them a wind tunnel to follow us through. So uh, that's the best thing that I can do. And so she begins to like pull away and try and get 
in a position where she can... She's going to do the shaking. She bit. can ascend, and then the sure. other Evans crew, piloted by Rin, can, can like get, just go up can get underneath draft. you guys. Yeah, and, nice. then, and then they won't be fighting all the rain and stuff. So that's Katarina. That's what Katarina's going to try and do right now. Um, I'm going to say Salatra is going to actually jump in and like grab the wheel with her and start like helping her because there's so much wind turbulence and stuff like that. And so they're actually both going to be manning the wheel together. Uh, and Marmalade, of course, runs up next to their their like legs and he like puts his little paws up on the wheel like he's trying to help as well. Uh, also, Lavender, you have Scalper. He's back. Yes, I also have landlubber at a two. I don't Ooh. do well in airships. You don't yeah, do so well in airships. Like Thanks for letting me know. Go this. ahead and roll a willpower. So actually, it's, sorry, it's a constitution. So constitution. Um, mm -hmm. It's Fuck. a constitution test. That's much less. Uh, than my it's willpower. difficult. So just the one die, and it's negative. Your landlubber. So I really feel yeah, she that. really didn't get it. Can I? Oh, no. It's like a two. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so you... I exchanged a token for her to re-roll that task or test. Hey! So that's a... Re-roll. Ten. Well, confirm right. it. Confirm it, yeah. Oh. Would you get a ten? She got a ten. Yeah, roll it again. So ten, right? Like, because it just went to a one? Uh, no, because we're just adding the number now. So it's oh, 11 okay, so your... eleven. So eleven plus... Plus two minus two, so eleven. Okay, so uh, you pass with an 11, so you don't vomit. Right now, there's like so much adrenaline going on. Like you just brought your sister back from death literally moments ago. I mean... Plus, I would hazard to guess you're sitting on the boat at this moment. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, I think you guys are probably like standing up against the railing in the back, like, the you know, the lovely sisters with like the wind whipping around and there's just mud caked on you guys and like fucking blood and like actually br bits of brain. You look terrible. Like you, but we like... But also, like, somehow you still have, like, Kate Beckinsale hair, so it's, like, whoosh, whipping in the, you know, like, black onyx hair on both of you. Actually, Coriander's uh, brunette now. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, uh, um, Harold goes, wants to go ahead and make the order to start rearming the, the cannons, and then after that he wants to reach into a little... Uh, little storage area because all boats have storage sure. areas hidden all over sure. the place and pull out like a little tarp for them to kind of get underneath and kind of oh sure yeah drive. like a provisions thing I yeah, yeah. You. you guys would definitely have something like that hey you keep her warm okay mm, okay uh so you also do have a bunch of men on the ship are you gonna assign any of them like a, to specifically hey spivey spivey come over here uh, <clears throat> what, what what's up bus you do not let them out of your sight. Uh, I'm actually kind of busy, boss. Spidey. Uh, yeah, yes, boss. Who's in charge here? Uh, yes, boss. Sorry, boss. Okay. All right. What did I say? Uh, well, you said we have to come to karaoke. You know, Spivey, go get me Tom. Uh, get yes, me sir. Tom. And uh, Spivey walks like three feet away and grabs Tom, and Tom comes over, and Tom, Tom goes, Tom, your brother's incompetent. He's I, fired when we get back upstairs. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, sir. It's I okay. Do know you know what? I don't hold this against you. It's your mom's fault. Now. <laughs> you know, my father used to say the same thing. You'd like the man. What was that? <laughs> sorry, that line, that response got me in the good place. Tom, you see these two women here? You don't let them out of your sight. I don't care if I'm standing right here until we Are they twins. There's Lavender, two. There's actually there's two of them. Okay. There's just actually two of them. Yeah. You're not. You're not drunk. You're, you aren't drunk, right? Well, <laughs> between you and me. All right. All right. Now, you know what? Never mind. Give me Kyle. 
Okay, so as you assign one of your men to uh, watch on the girls, uh, actually, it's Kylie. Sorry, because you have a bunch of women too. No, I just call. So. I call, just call her Kyle. Oh, you just call her. Kyle. Yeah, no, because yeah, because yeah, uh, Harold's the kind of person who shortens your name to let you know that you're less powerful than him. Even if it's not. Really Even if it's not shorter. something you should shorten. So as you pick one of your troopers to uh, protect the Cooper sisters at the stern of the ship, Katarina begins to form this sort of tunnel and for the pull together to fall into. So we're going to actually have to switch out real quick and we're going to get caught up with the other group, find out how they're doing, and then uh, we'll get back to you guys when we do, I guess. So thanks uh, for sticking with us, everybody. And let's find out what's happening with Evan, Kietel, Rin, Friendly, Dr. Obara, and a bunch of other characters that now have names. And while Katarina begins to do that, we're going to cut a few feet away to the other group of survivors who are climbing aboard the pull together, which is the little ramshackle Zeppelin that's been made from um, like just different pieces of rubble, some uh, bits of boat and a bunch of escape balloons. So these are basically like big, heavy duty helium filled balloons. They're designed to... Uh, to slow descent if you have to bail out of a Zeppelin, they're basically a parachute, but these have been retrofitted a little, so it's clearly got enough pull to lift this. Now, uh, we're gonna go ahead and start right in the mix of it. Evan, you're sort of in charge of this group. Yes. Friendly and Dr. Obara have have uh, selected to go with you. Uh, you also have on your side Rin, who has uh, professed to have a little bit of piloting ability. Now, last time I think we did a, like a basic inspection to see, mm -hmm. and I and what I told you, uh, I believe, and if not, I'm going to tell you now, is this ship is rated to hold 12 people. Mm -hmm. I wrote that down before the encounter started. You currently have 12 people. And as the other Zeppelin pulls away, they get their group on and they begin to pull away. Kietel runs up and he's covered in mud and blood and a little bit of uh calvec brains and he's looking a little bit panicked i had to do it you chose to do it you didn't it was me or the calvec and you know i'm who i'm choosing that and like i said before you loaded the gun and you pulled the trigger and i'll and certainly weigh less than choice. her on this overloaded ship friendly says well, I'll be honest, uh, didn't look like he had much of a choice. She was about to throw him off the edge of the cliff. Uh, and if we're talking about weight, well, <laughs> and he kind of pats himself. And there's like a big reverbing rub. And it does occur to you that friendly actually probably is equal to two people. So that means you guys are at 14. What oh, that's no. going to be because of this size of a ship is every person over the max capacity is going to be a negative one to the handling. So, and it's already going to start with a handling Can of zero. Can use my bag of tricks to find enough twain or something to very quickly try to secure it Okay, more? yes, that's exactly how bag of tricks work. I'm, I, I do believe in second chances. Don't squander it. You, Kietel, friendly. I think that you can help me with this. Here's some stuff that we have. Let's try to make this... Little bit safer if we okay. can. Well, I've got like uh, mechanic too. Friendly uh, begins to like hand some of it to Obara, 
and you see that she's just staring like basically she's just disassociated obara is still probably playing back over and over in her head a little bit uh watching augury bleed out into the mud and after a second like friendly gives her a little bit of an elbow like just softly gently and she snaps back into it and starts like grabbing the twine and helping out so go ahead and um let's make a a joint roll with the two of you guys um rin doesn't have anything to help so she'll just give a plus one to the roll so between uh you guys it would be intelligence and mechanics let's see before you guys roll let's see who has the higher one because then the other one will give the plus Uh, two two mechanics and three four intelligence no mechanics okay so five for uh kieto and then uh evan would give a plus two so you're rolling with a seven twelve twelve okay that's one level of success above what's needed so i would say you guys will be able to knock uh one of the negatives off so you guys basically have have been able to lash it together a little bit better in that it will offset the weight of either cattle or uh friendly but not both so you guys are at a negative one to the handling um that was already a zero which means all rolls made by ren to pilot this thing currently are at a negative one to her stats as you guys you know get this tied together you see the other zeppelin is pulling up and away and they're far enough away now that like you could probably yell at them um but shy of like a gunshot or like really screaming with the sound of the rain and what the din from above not to mention the fact that this is like a a half mile wide open pit you know like actually almost a mile at this point wide open pit like huge things so I don't think I have anything to say. Although we all may have had our differences at one point in time, uh, we are all here together and working together. Ren specifically, I have complete faith in you and your ability to get us out of here, and I want you to know, in case no one has ever said it to you before, I appreciate you and all that you do and what you are going to do to help us this day. Let me... uh... Let me give out experience tokens real quick. I'll give you an extra one for the stirring speech before you uh, roll to see uh, what you actually do. So let's see. Three, six. Uh, all right. So, Evan, you're going to start with nine. I'll take you might the two on the ground before yeah. the turtle gets it. <laughs> Maybe oh, he just wants boy. to nibble on it. And then, Kietzel, I think you had burned through all yours last Pretty time. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you get the two for just starting your session. And I'm going to put for my being stack here. right here so I remember to hand them out like candy a little bit better. Let's see. Okay. So uh, with that experience token earned for pulling everyone together, go ahead and roll. Uh, so smooth talking, I actually read, and smooth talking is literally only a line. Like yeah. it's supposed to be just deception. So I, I've allowed a lot of adding smooth talking where I shouldn't. So go ahead and, and use persuasion, okay. uh, intelligence, and zealot. Every level of success is, or every two levels of success will be a plus one bonus for Ren for until like something else jostles her basically. Yeah, intelligence, yeah. persuasion, zealot, and uh, charisma. And charisma, yeah. Okay. Hey, we're starting at a nine. Okay. So 13, 16, 19, uh, 22. Okay, so she has a plus three to her, all of her piloting attempts until something happens. Like if something jostles her or refocuses her. So you see like her face kind of gets stern and she's like got this intense eye contact locked in you. And she's a young, pretty scared looking girl. It's clearly, I mean, none of you are prepared to be in this situation. Some of you are more prepared than others. And she is 
pretty clearly not prepared to be in this situation. But you're able to see like her face sort of harden, and she turns to put a handle, uh, a hand on the uh, on the rudder device that's been been crafted to the back. Now this is basically like a big, um, basically probably like a ventilation fan that's been <laughs> attached to the back and like overcharged, so it's running on additional batteries, like over, like so it fires up with this weird like guttural sound that then becomes this high pitched roar as you have one of the people maybe cattle pull the stake out of the ground and this whole thing begins to like float up to the top now it's extremely extremely slow so everyone go ahead and roll an initiative for me um just dexterity rin's gonna be at the top because rin is piloting 10. also 10. uh well which one has a higher dex that's actually he is higher base okay so uh the first thing that we're going to do as this uh, Zeppelin makeshift Zeppelin begins to pull its way forward is Rin is going to make a piloting attempt. She rolls a four on the dice, uh, and then she had a plus, what, what did I say, plus three. Plus three from which me, minus one. Minus from one, the so weight. plus two, so six plus her dex, so just plus her piloting, which is a two. So that puts her at an eight. Okay, so that is uh, a failure, but not much of one. So as you guys pull forward a little bit, you see like the the whole thing begins to shake and one half of it begins to like break a little and people shift. And then uh, there's sort of everyone glances around and you guys realize that the balance of people is not positioned right. <laughs> so what we have is we have a, a little drawing here for you guys and for everyone at home you can basically imagine an oblong clock like a Salvador, uh, Salvador Dali style clock face yeah. and each position is going to be basically uh, somewhere where someone can stand to balance out now obviously Rin is going to be in position six which is at the rudder or the back Obviously, friendly is going to count as two for weight purposes. And then you can also see on here, there's sort of marks indicating the different portions of the ship that have been sort of lashed together. Mm -hmm. So now, not each one of these is necessarily solid, <laughs> but these kind of represent the big four chunks. So where would you guys like to position everyone? I'm going to be at number five. Okay. So right next to Rin is yes, going to be Evan. Because okay. I'm going to be constantly trying to motivate her. Sure. Um, I'm going to put, and I, I'm a little bit heftier myself at 280. Um, with Friendly being heftier, I'm going to say we should probably put him across from me. Okay. At point 11 or 12. Oh, so like um, across diagonally? Yeah, like complete, sure. complete counterbalancing. Okay. Uh, how much do you weigh? It says 212. 212. Uh, we'll put you uh, next to Friendly, if that's okay with you. So in the, in the number one position. position uh, the number one position. Number one position. That and also would be about where you would have been already since you pulled the stake sweet. out. Yeah. Don't have and to much. do we have anyone else that's on the heftier side? Uh, no, I don't. I think everyone else is going to be average. Obara is a uh, smaller like Rin. So let's call um, Obara and Rin even. Um, and uh, everyone else will be average. Okay. Uh, in that case, um, because... In theory, the weight where Ren is should be more as well because of all the mechanics and stuff. I think uh, we'll that's have... considered. Well, we're going to say that's balanced in. Okay. Yeah. So we're just going to worry about the people. Whoever built this built in the balance of the rudder. Basically. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about as good as we can do on the heavier people. Okay. And everyone else, I would say, just go wherever. Uh, I would probably want to keep uh, the doctor on the same plank as me. Just so for, uh, Ren and reasons. 
<laughs> and and if you're a little heavier, that puts uh, that puts Rin and Obara on the same plank as you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Obara is going to take position four. All right, so for everyone at home, uh, basically on our Salvador Dali clock face, we've got like a, an oblong clock face. Kietol is at the one o'clock position. Dr. Obara is at the four o'clock position. Evan and Rin are at the five and six o'clock position, with the six o'clock position being the rudder. And uh, Friendly is up at the 11 o'clock position. Everyone else is distributed evenly around them. So each one of these four chunks is tied to a different balloon. Each one of those balloons is tied together. So as the flying occurs, if these chunks start to break apart or anything like that, it's going to determine um, the handling of each one will, be, will determine by how many people are on it. So that is going to make it... Evan's turn out the top. Now, uh, we'll say that organizing everyone into the, into the, the positions took an entire round, so we are going to go ahead and make another quick check for Rin. She still has uh, the plus two with everything factored in. She rolls a seven that time, which puts her total at 11, so that's much better. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So that is going to be... Uh, no bonuses for everyone, because the bonuses actually need to come in at the higher success levels like damage modifiers so evan what are you doing for your turn you're doing a fantastic job i want you to know that i'm very proud of you okay go ahead and give me a roll 15 okay so that's worse than the previous one so we'll stick with the previous one and yeah. say that she's just like ah, thanks <laughs> as she's like holding on to this thing that i would say the whole rudder is like shaking a lot and she's probably got like both hands on it uh, all right let's see that's going to make it kettle Kettle, you're up in the front, so you can also, you're in a position to sort of scout and see now, obviously, you guys are, like I said, in the middle of this huge, like, mile circular uh, pit, so it's not like, like, you could easily see anything coming, but you're also in a position to, like, look up, kind of see uh, how the balloons are doing, see if there's anything you can see around the rim or any of the upper levels, anything like that. Um, well, first, I try and yell back to everyone behind me, like, um... All right, everyone, empty your pockets, throw stuff over the edge, try and, you're weighing us down. One of them yells, Shelby already tried to throw stuff over the edge. <laughs> you can't, I, I pick you, up you can my make a hammer? perception check to try and oh, tell okay. who said that if you want. Sure. Uh, perception. That is at least a 10. Okay. It was Doug. Doug's in position three. Uh, which makes him on your on your portion of the thing, but he's uh, there's one person behind you, and then there's Doug. And okay. Doug definitely just yelled that. I I kind of pick up my hammer and like point it at him menacingly, and then I just throw my hammer off the edge. Nice. Like throw things. Not helpful. <laughs> We're working together. I get it. All I right. get it. Give him a chance. That's all that I ask. Let him prove himself. He uh he gets he's pretty grumpy. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. On a uh, Doug. Hey, exploding. Okay. okay, we're at 19 on the dice. Okay, with a 19 on the dice. Uh, <laughs> you, well, first off, you'd actually get the uh, social bonus. So that would apply to Doug and Ren at this point. They both are going to have. So we'll just say that they will share the same bonus so I don't have to track two. Yeah. So basically, you've succeeded in applying your plus two bonus to Doug's actions. And Doug is going to go ahead and join the initiative as the only named 
other NPC on the ship. As uh, he said this, I kind of look around. Is there anything excess? That not we can really. Everything's dump? like this is it's already bare bones. Okay. Yeah, it's bare bones. I kind of assumed as much, but I thought yeah. I would check there. And there were more than 12 people on there. So there was either. I mean, cancel. You were part of the group that was putting this together yeah. before everything with Shelby started. So were you I mean, you guys were probably going to figure out some sort of like a drawing the straws method or something like that, because this was never going to fit the 25 people that were down there. That's going to make it Friendly's turn. Uh, Friendly is actually going to make a fear check because Friendly does not like flying. Should it be uh, at a disadvantage or with negatives because of how rickety the ship is? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Hang on. There's Friendly. I, I don't want anything bad to happen to Friendly, but it seems appropriate. <laughs> Fortunately, Friendly has a pretty good willpower. Is at four. Okay, so willpower four, but a negative three for. Uh, Does the he ship have nerves of steel? He doesn't. That puts him at a. Five. Yikes. Okay, so Friendly is uh, is pretty shaken, and he is at a negative two for the rest of uh, this encounter. So Friendly's at a negative two. Do I notice this at all? Uh, yes, you notice it, but you can't do anything about it until your next turn. And it's going to make it Obara's turn. She's going to try. Uh, she's going to make a fear check as well. Uh, she got the same amount, which puts her at a, at a greater negative. So she's now at a negative three. The others are fine. Doug is uh, inspired by Evan's words, and he's hanging on, and that brings it back around to Rin. She's at a plus two, all things balanced in. But we are now on round uh, three, technically, because you guys moved everyone around. And from this point on, the handling of the ship is going to get an aggregate negative one every round because it's becoming harder and harder to manage as it's splintering apart. So currently, that plus two from Evan's speech is actually down to a plus one with everything else factored in. She rolls a seven, which is again an eight. So the ship breaks apart a little bit more. Every time it breaks apart, we're going to move the counter um, up one. If she rolled a seven, shouldn't it at least be a nine because then she had one pilot? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, correct, correct, because I forgot to add her piloting in. So she has a two in piloting. Uh, yes, so her total would be nine. Yes, ten. Yes. So either way, she passes, but no bonus. So yes. that's fine. Okay, then that's back around to you, Evan. You can tell Friendly's shaking. You can tell Obara's shaking. Everyone else seems to be holding on. Doug's fine. Everyone, I know this isn't exactly how we anticipated our day going, but we're all doing very well. I need you all to focus so that way we can deal with anything that comes our way. Uh, nine on the dice. Uh, intelligence based? Yes. Uh, 22. 22. Okay. Alright, your speech bonus has popped Ren up to a plus three, Doug up to a plus three, Friendly and Obara um, have bounced out. Obara's at a zero and Friendly's at a plus one. The others are all fine. Uh, good job. You are pulling the team together. Kietel, that is you. Uh, it doesn't appear to be anything else like that you can throw off unless you guys are going to start stripping your clothes off. Or, I mean, well, weapons. Uh, speaking but. of holding things together, I want to yell out to them, like, Hold it together, lads! Link arms or grab onto it! Keep the pieces from breaking apart! Okay, so do you guys want to Do you want to actually try and, like, link arms with the people on the other chunks? Yeah. Okay, so directly across from you is, uh, is like, just another n unnamed person. Um, so you're in the one, one o'clock position. Do you want to, like, grab the 12 o'clock position? Or do you want to try and grab Friendly, who's at 11 o'clock? Can you flip it around? I'm at point one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the tw 
the 12 to 12 like, and then have like two o'clock grab 11 o'clock etc yeah. yeah yeah something like okay that. so as you uh so you yell that out we're gonna go ahead and roll we're gonna go ahead and roll for everyone who isn't a named character real quick so seven mm-hmm. uh seven d10s and they will hear you on a six or better i would say over the wine of that fan to hear you from that batch uh, no one hears you from that batch. And then uh, that was six. So and okay, so three people total hear you. So obviously you and 12, because he's right next to you. Um, friendly, see if friendly hears. His perception's pretty high. He probably will. He does. So friendly is able to grab, reaches over and grabs uh, the arms of the person next to you. Doug is the next guy down on your plank, Kietzel, and he hears you guys automatically because of Evan Stern's speech, so he's going to grab uh, 10 o'clock, which is directly across from him. Obara is next to Evan. I'm going to roll perception for her. She's at a plus one, and her perception is average, so she's got a three total. She's got a, she rolls an eight total, but she is next to Evan. Evan, go ahead and roll perception. If you pass, you can also grab a uh, like, motion to Obara. Nine. Nine. Okay, you're good. So you you can get Obara's attention. However, at this point we reach a problem because uh, from the the four o'clock, nine o'clock position and down, this the ship is a little bit wider. Yeah. So it's actually you guys can't fully like reach over and grab each other's yeah. hands. So how would you like to for your group, Evan? How would you like to like uh, grab everyone? Um. Or is that what you would like to do? Because right now you've got the, basically the the uh, the big chunk at the top, chunk one and chunk two have sort of linked arms with each other, so they're kind Can of. Can I use my bag to fashion like a uh, my bag of tricks to fashion like a really crappy rope to get us tied to the balloon? Uh, or is that going to take without, way too much time? Yeah, it would take way too much time. Okay. Not without like you have to climb up there or okay. throw something up there. Yeah. Um, and like the body of it is is lashed to the balloon. It's what's breaking apart is like all of the pieces holding the actual platform together that you guys are on. If I started handing out the the twine that I have, is it strong enough to at least for a round or two hold a person so we could try to pull them up or hold on to them until we get to a safer spot? Yeah, yeah, I would say uh, it would be a very low strength rating, but you could do that if you wanted to like start tying everyone's belt loops together yes. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're gonna tie yourself. To Rin and Obara first. Yes. Okay. Then, Rin or Obara, which one first? Rin first. Okay. Actually, no. As you go Obara to do, first. As you go to tie to Obara, uh, go ahead and roll me a pure luck chance. You just need to get better than a uh, one, basically. Two. Two. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> so nothing happens. You can go ahead and successfully tie yourself to Obara. That's gonna take it back to Evan. Evan, you're gonna tie yourself to Rin. Okay. Yep, I'm tying. Pure luck check better than a two. And then as I'm tying, got a ten. Um, as I'm tying, remember all, this is a demonstration of how we are stronger together than the sum of our individual parts. So you successfully tie yourself to Rin without uh, it being a sus knot, if you will. Yeah. Is that, that's what the kids are saying now, right? Sussy Baco. That's going to make it Kietzel's turn. Kietzel? You have the arms, you, you have like your arms linked around the arm of this guy. So are you guys all going to like try and chain to each other? So like one arm with the guy across from you, one arm with the guy well, next to you? or 
like across the breaks especially yeah like try and link with someone over there and then like hold on so that you're kind of the two of you are helping to hold distributing the weight a little bit better too okay yeah so uh you basically i don't see any more linkages no i don't see any more actions needed at this point i think everyone is bracing the position that you're in to try and get up there so i'm going to go ahead and roll these aggregate piloting checks and every time she fails there's going to be a break apart if we get up to three fails uh which we're already at one right yes that's an eight which means she passes all right so the next one is at the top of round five uh, Ren rolls with a negative five uh, due to it being on round five. So all things factored in, she rolls flat. Kaylin, go ahead and roll me a d10. Let's see what you get on the die. Boy. What? That was not. Oh, that's. That's a nine on the die. Okay, no, don't add anything because okay. that's that's for Ren. All right, so she passes again. Uh, that puts it at the top of round six. So you guys are getting like higher and higher up. And like the balloons above you guys are like swaying in this massive wind. There's like rain hitting like pellets against your skin, like real intense. That like open air energy when the when the rain has been has been dropping and then it gets picked up by that real intense wind over like a big open space and it just becomes like little tiny beads of like almost ice, but not quite frozen, you know. So they're not slot uh, drizzle. That's drizzle. The, that's the yeah. technical. I would say aquatic pellets slam a slashing into your squid, your skin. Everyone like, take one point of damage. Yeah, you you uh you you guys are flying through basically a, a veritable battlefield of aquatic pellets. That's what right. it comes down to. So you guys uh have reached the next level up, which is sixteen hundred feet down. You can either at this point try and pull off to like this level and then try and figure out the tunnels and the collapse and and everything by going up from here or you can continue to try and get to the service which will be another two checks you guys have one failure two failures remaining before this thing fully splinters i say fuck it let's go for it you guys gonna push it? Okay. Then uh, Rin kind of gives you a look, Evan. Like, should we pull here or should we keep going up to the next level? Um, and you give her like an affirmative nod, and she's gonna go ahead and make her next check. So she is at this point uh, at down to a negative one on the dice, and that's going to make it your turn, Evan. So go ahead and roll. You have whatever on the dice minus one. Eight. Eight total. All right, so she fails. That's one more failure. And then the next one is going to be a negative seven. You guys fly past the second level of Backerholt, which is where uh, the level that Friendly's shop is on. And he kind of glances over to uh, the level that he spends most of his time on. This is a, a, a big area that's been mostly mined out and has basically become an extension of the town, these top two levels. This one, um, the most industrial, like there's not much foot traffic here other than the workers that come here for uh, maintaining the diesel lines and getting their their uh, gear serviced. And you can see Friendly's eyes kind of scanning um, along the rim, trying to see maybe for his friends, his coworkers, or the uh, intern, um, uh, not intern, apprentice that was working his shop today. Uh, but he doesn't see anything. And as you guys 
continue past, Rin goes ahead and makes her next check, and uh, we're back around to me. This is the last check before uh, you guys reach the top level, or the level one, which is still one level below the surface. Um, and Rin is at negative two to whatever is on the dice. That's a seven on the dice. So with a five, you guys hear a, uh, a not deafening, but definitely uncomfortable crack and feel the floor begin to drop out from underneath you. Now, basically the seam that runs along the center of this ramshackle Zeppelin has begun to bust and these pieces have begun to pivot in to, towards the center. So basically what was flat is now becoming sort of a funnel shape where the central center point. Now, fortunately, everyone is taking a lot of precautions. So uh, you guys are in pretty good shape. But before we find out exactly what happens to you guys in this splintering Zeppelin, we need to flash back over to the other crew on Harold's fully intact, fully functional Zeppelin that has just moments ago reached the surface level. So real quick, let's flash over to them, see where they're at, and then we'll come back and find out how you guys fare with this Zeppelin fully. All right, and now we're going to have to check in on the other Zeppelin to see how everyone is doing over on Harold's ship. So you guys have been, like, ascending past the next several levels of Backerhold. I believe you guys were on level three, so there's two more levels that you guys were ascending above. And you see, like, each level has, like, different caves that have all been cut away, like, widened and connected. So it's basically like this honeycomb sort of coliseum-like structure that you guys are rising through. And there's all these different, like, big archway areas where you can see courtyards that had buildings or, like, mar like, uh, like shacks and, like, lean-tos and stuff like that. People would either sleep here or work here. Like, tiny little versions of shantytown sort of speckled around, and they're all, like, destroyed. You do see, like, some survivors here and there that are, like, trying to pull things together, but it looks 
looks like there's sort of too much to really focus on. There's also still in the sky, uh, still far, far enough away that there is another desert sunship, and it looks like it's headed like to the other side of the mine. So it's not gonna try and fuck with you guys, uh, but there's clearly at least one more ship. Where are our establishments in relativity to where we're? Mm. Well, you guys haven't crested yet, so you're still coming up out of the mine. Um, but Urias's establishments are in the Union Town, which is. So are they like on our side of where we're coming up, or on the side that the other Desert Sun ship is headed for? Uh, the Desert Sun ship is descending. Okay. So you guys, so the Desert Sun ship is not headed for your establishments. Okay. Is the quick answer. However, while you guys are like looking around, there's all this rain hitting the ship and there's like all these survivors that have been hauled up and they're all like kind of packed in really tight. You've got all of the Minutemen under Harold and Harold's command and they're, they've all got their clockwork armor on. They're like kind of patrolling. You guys did throw like a bunch of the other weapons and stuff over the side. One gentleman in the midst of this throng of survivors in the center of the ship was not convinced several weeks ago when we played this episode <laughs> uh, by the series of persuasion checks that you guys did. There was one remainder. Now, he stopped fighting when the tides turned against him. You remember a couple of the survivors had jumped onto Harold's ship well, he's and gonna had try started fighting. Sketchy. But he, he, he stopped fighting and basically had just kind of milled it, like fallen back into the crowd. But he is pushing his way through, and like nobody kind of knows this because everyone is like us or towards yeah, but, Katarina and Cilantro driving. Well, you guys are all at the stern together, sort mm-hmm. of. So I mean, he's pushing his way towards the, back of the, the stern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a cla- it's like a classic sea vessel, basically, just okay. with a balloon tied to the top. This guy is pushing his way through, and like. There might be like one or two guards that yell like, hey, hey, you. But he pushes his way out of the crowd and just beelines at Harold. And as he's Does leaping Harold, at Harold, he pulls him. a knife. Now, you have definitely set your shotgun down for the time being, so I'm sure it's within arm's reach. That's fine. Uh, you have a pistol that's in a holster, like I would assume. Like, yeah. So do you, you have fast reaction time, yes? Uh-huh. Okay, then you will get a chance for attack. Uh, Lavender, you had your hand up. Can I just, like, can Scalper just go scratch the fuck out of his eyes? You could absolutely send Scalper to attack. And I would say Scalper could have fast reaction time. I don't know if it's on his sheet that we've given you. Also, is Harold going to be given time to react? Uh, Do you have fast reaction time, Harold? Yeah. Um, His His speed is 37. Yeah. And he his dex is super high, his perception is super high, so like And he doesn't he's got he's, brawling not specified, dodge and but he does have an attack of talons and bite. It does not specify if he has fast reaction time, but he is a bird. Okay, I would say let's let's say he does have fast reaction time. Go ahead and scrawl that down. I know he was a, a bit of a homebrew bird sheet, and we have those stats now, thanks to Terra Priming. Alright, so at what though? It's just a quality, it doesn't have okay, cool. yeah, it's like a passive. It costs two points to it's buy it, it's but that's one matter. actually. But yeah. Okay. So coriander, uh, you said you don't have fast reaction time, I don't. Harold. So coriander, you have I a have chance situational to pull your though. pistol and fire. Like you're aware that this is happening, Harold. Oh, but it's one of those shit. like there's so much going on. You know, like you can hear all this, like all this destruction still like 
happening right. around you in this And I mine. assume this is after I did my walk, because the reason I put Kylie, or I guess Tom, or Kyle. Spivey, or whichever, in charge <laughs> of... Uh, went backwards from the lineup. I know. Or whoever, uh, in charge of keeping an eye on them. But Canonically, I by the way, it did end up going, like, the shit rolled downhill and then rolled its way back, and uh, which was the first Spivey. one you said? Spivey. Spivey yeah. is the one that ended up guarding you guys. So you two have a clockwork guard named Spivey under your, like, uh, in an obligation to you. Now, if he has an obligation to something else, that might outweigh that. Bear that in mind. But just remember, for now, you guys kind of have him. You can t- use like him. his brother tell, that's tell attacking him to us? Do, you know, no, yeah. Yeah, I want to shoot him. So go ahead and pull your pistol, Coriander, and roll uh, to, to hit. Him or just he, pull it? You, no, you can, you can uh, pull and shoot uh, with fast reaction time. I would say you'd have a negative one, and he's running, and the fact that you guys are on a ship and all this uh, is going to go ahead and give you a negative two for unstable, so you have a negative three total to your roll. Well, can I just shoot, like, in the air, then? Like, just to scare him? Uh, yeah, if you want to try I don't know that that's going to... He's charging that, with knife. I don't know that that's going to yeah, change Yeah, I'm just going to shoot him. Okay. What kind of a pistol are time. you pulling? A, a ball and pin it pistol? It just says pistol, so I assume it's a ball and pin. I think it's, it's just a ball, a ball and pin, pin single shot. Yeah. So it, this is the one shot you would have in your repeated actions after this would be like massive negative because you have to fully rechamber the round. And... Got an eight. So you got an eight. Okay. So what I will say that that will do is it's... Oh, no, wait. Uh, going to no. give me a... Broken Boy was going to give me a token. I get Okay. Eh. So Harold... <laughs> I was going to flick it and it fell off my thumb. So Harold is spending an experience token so the Coriander can re-roll that attack. Don't do worse. And save his life. Ooh, I got a nine that time. All right, so exactly with a, a nine. nine I got a 12 and then minus three. With a nine, you hit. Let's roll to see where you hit him. I love your Band-Aid. Thank you. Roll a nine on the hit location chart, which is the left <laughs> leg slash ankle. Again? Again? <laughs> That's all ankles. I can shoot, apparently. I'm just like, leg. <laughs> I was talking the other day with somebody about how we've developed like a Star Wars level like deal <laughs> with just shooting people's not. legs off. Whereas like in Star Wars, everyone loses their hand, but in Droughtland, everyone Everybody loses uses their a leg. leg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. You hit him in the leg. This is absolutely going to destabilize his attack. It's going to make a huge difference. Go ahead and roll the damage to see how much you do. I don't have the damage written down on here. Do you have, I have my damage for my shotgun, but I know that's not the same. Uh, I think it's a D8 times four. Give me a sec. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a D8 times four. Okay. And can Scalper hey, no, wait, it was a spring shell. Yes, was so as soon as she it was, yes, it's, I have it written down here. It's spring shell pistol. Maria has it. It's a D10 times yeah, four. Yeah, because I took oh, his. So, so it's you're a D10 firing. times four? Yep. Okay. Yeah, D, yeah D10 times four. In addition with the spring shell pistol, it's the whole benefit of it is that it's clip fed. So even though it does a little bit different damage, you can fire it multiple times without the incurring uh, as big of a penalty. Can I reroll that? Four on damage? No. So Wait, you... but I can do something with my tokens for damage. I can turn in two for an extra D6. There you go. You can actually, it's, each one is an extra D6. So do you want to go ahead and add two D6? Might as well. Okay. Yeah. So I don't like this guy. Coriander is spending... Uh, two experience tokens so right to add 2d6 to her damage. <laughs> 10, 12. Okay, so, uh, but it's before modifier, so one, three, so nine times what was the modifier? Four. So 36 damage. Hey! hey. Whoa. 
Okay, Much so better. that's enough to cripple the limb. It's not the kind of weapon that would blow a limb apart or anything. I just want him but to But like, stop. you hit like right above the knee, and it definitely like throws him entirely. Now he had just come up. This hear isn't. Ye, hear ye, coriander hates legs. This isn't a full raised um, stern, but it is like slightly raised. You know, like a foot or two above the rest of the ship, and he's taken just gone up those few steps and is lunging at. Harold with this knife you shoot you knock his leg back uh like blow out right above his knee and Perfect. at the same exact time scalper goes right into his face with this just flurry of feathers yes. and claws yeah Do I go ahead and roll that? roll the with scalper's decks and oh then I don't know God. I think He's it's just raw decks or beak so I think you have I to think choose talons which one. would be good I think for talons like, is yeah mm-hmm. I want him to if you if you get like a, a high enough hit but like the stat is different for them I think yeah, yeah, Talons is D6 times strength. Oh, for damage, okay. but we're still looking for at a hit. Yeah. We're still yeah. looking for a hit. But so for, you said dex, right? Yeah. Go ahead and make it as simple so you can roll two and take the better one uh, since he's already destabilized from Coriander's hit. This is like a c-c-c-combo. Okay, so I can go with the it's five. A, it's a c-c-c-cooper combo. Nailed it. That would be an 11. Okay, so definitely hits. Go ahead and roll the damage. All right, D6 times strength. Can I use your D6? Sure. Do you need one or two? Just one. His strength is only a one, so this whatever this is. So two. Woo. Okay. So uh, two. Ta- his strength is only one. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's still four damage, and we're gonna say he was going for the head, right? Like yeah, you, you his, call his you call shot yeah. in the head. Yeah. yeah like, so I would I say he absolutely like eyes. goes in. I wouldn't say with a four he's not gonna gouge out the eye, but he's definitely gonna definitely like scratch he's up his definitely face. gonna scratch up his face enough that this guy's like ah fuck. And, and he's, like with bleeding like, into the eyes. Maybe. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Okay. And he like staggers like four. He's completely lost his attempt to attack Harold. But what he does is he slashes at this bird at his face with his knife. This be- his dex is so high, though. That's that's great. He has a defense action, so he can dodge this. But this guy is going to attempt to stab Scalper out of the air. And, uh, however, all, all three of you guys go and give me a perception a check. Right? And, uh, yeah. I am going to say right Just now that... Just straight up perception. Yeah, percep- acute sight, if you guys have it. Or situational awareness would add. Yo, oh, cool. I got an 11. Then. Wait, no. Yes. Yeah, no. Uh, exactly a nine. I miscounted. Yeah, <laughs> Harold got a nine though. So Harold's or notice. I'm sorry. Notice would add too. Does anyone well, have? I do. Notice? I thought I had notice. Hey, yeah, that makes it a ten. Okay, cool. So all three of you guys can see. First off, uh, Katarina and um, Salatra have this wheel, and there's like a ton of wind going on, so they're both grabbed on each side. But even there, like Salatra t- starts to take a step back to grab her gun, like she's going to fire at this guy with you, uh, but hasn't even been able to like lift this heavy ass weapon up fast enough before Coriander pulls a gun and you send Scalper. But this guy, you all notice, is definitely staggering back towards the edge. So he's going to definitely trip off the edge if he, whether or not he f- succeeds in hitting Scalper, this is the last thing he's going to do before he tumbles over the edge. So he is going to go ahead and roll. Uh, Scalper has what in his decks? Her, uh, he their has, decks? Uh, six, and he also has dodge. So Oh yeah, so then add that. So, so six and dodge, and then roll. And your dodge is what level? Um, Two. So he rolls with an eight. 
So um, seven plus six, so 13. 13 total. All right. This guy just has an average dex of two and a skill of one with the knife. So he's only rolling with a three. He's got to basically blow up to get this. Oh, he got a nine. That was close. Yeah. So he gets a 12. Scalper dodges out of the way. The knife like swings. Like, ah! Takes off like a tail feather. Yeah, like barely even. And then he like, like the dude staggers a, f- a couple feet back and his feet hit the railing. And I wanted to say that uh, Harold uses the the time with all of like scalpers attacking the guy with Sade to close the distance between them two, and firmly plant his foot into the guy's chest and send him over. Just full on. Send him over the rails, yeah. And uh, what's that like super popular backer Holt catchphrase that they say when they <laughs> get off people? my zeppelin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was looking for this is backer Holt, but that also <laughs> works. <laughs> and as as Harold steps forward, and kicks this guy off oh, over the over the railing. Scalper like flaps and circles back around, lands on Lavender's head. Or on Lavender's on shoulder. <laughs> on your head, no. Definitely head. Like a little <laughs> hat. Flies over it, just lands on your head. <laughs> Coriander's got this like steam coming off the end of this clockwork pistol in her hand. Salatra and Katarina are like struggling with this massive wheel as you guys hit and then suddenly like the entire atmosphere changes as you guys feel the oppressive mustiness of this mine that at least two of you have been in for over almost a day now and the wind of the desert hits you there's this like crispness the the rain changes from being like falling drops to being pellets thrown through the air by monstrous desert winds you guys crest out of the mine of Backerholt and rise above the city below you in the near distance the union town sits half marred as the lift's full support which ran multiple levels down into the mine has collapsed taking with it the main dock and huge portions of the company town on either end of Backerholt are two monstrous competing metal structures oh. one the headquarters of the Backerholt Mining Co., or the BMC. And the home. On the other, the home. The once uh, once used by the company, now retrofitted for use by the union, home serves to uh, house the growth of um, hydroponic, uh, f- uh, hydroponic fruits and vegetables, mostly rice. It also houses, like, the academic and administrative offices for a lot of the union stuff here at Backerholt. And in the streets between, uh, around the union town and uh, uh, around the dock of Zeppelins, these uh, three spires sticking silhouetted against the desert with like dozens of Zeppelins like docked at them, coming in or in and, and out around them. Fire just fills the streets of Backerholt as like city, like buildings are just engulfed in flames. You can see that there are like there are places where diesel has erupted from lines and have just begun to run down the streets like a liquid lava flow, like faster than lava, just encasing everything in its way. And most importantly, and most pressingly, the better part of a dozen 
desert sun ships coming in and out, flying low over the city. You can see that they are dropping the berserkers that you guys shot out of the air. They simply leap from the sides of these Zeppelin like 30 feet, land in the ground and begin to just cut people apart with machetes. They all glow with this like chaos energy. These red chaos gems embedded in slits in their forehead. You see like explosions all across Backerholt and up against the BMC security or the, the BMC headquarters, which again is also the diesel refinery plant and it's this huge big building. You can see that there's a, a barricade that has been built and all of the company security has pull, been pulled back and has formed this barricade against it where the waves of desert suns are running against them. You can see in other portions of the town, there are like members of the security team that were cut off that are fighting with Union Minutemen because there's just so much confusion and chaos going on. There's like, and these Zeppelins are running in like patrols as the Desert Sun's marksmen just drop firebombs and shoot their their rifles over the edge. Oh, we got to get our shit and get out of here, gang. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to go get Fernando. That's why I said our shit. We got to stop by our uh, establishments and we got to go. Before we get into any of that, we're going to have to cut with this group for this uh, for this episode because we have someone else to get caught up with. Uh, so we'll have to wait until next chapter to find out what you guys want to go and who you want to check in on because we've got Baja. Baja's down below and he's got his own uh, pressing concerns to deal with. So stick around. We'll be right back. Find out what happened to Baja. And now we cut deep into the mine, down to the very bottom of the diesel mining operation here at Backerholt. This uh, small cement, almost shack, with a bunch of pipes that run through it, which has been retrofitted by the Vakal tribe into a, an, an insanely practical and effective base of operations sprawling around this building that is built into the side of of the mine what was a shanty town a mere number of hours ago and has now become a like half metropolis we can see that there are they, they have already in the time that you've been since you've been here last which was a mere couple of hours ago they have um effectively run uh, electric lighting down like several main drags and what were independent chunks of tents not long ago have already been moved into like larger interconnected tents. Oh, since like even since we... Since you guys were here a few hours ago, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But as you're escorted by Isle Vime and the Vevect, the one who was um, helping you, who said her name was Karen O'Farlane, but when she said her name was Karen O'Farlane, she was kind of <clears throat> prompted by Isle Vime, and then she said her that her name was uh, Vevect uh, uh, Nartasha. So Nartasha is her name. Vevect is uh, well, you don't actually know what it is because you don't speak Kelvac, do you? Uh, so you could uh, you could ask. Uh, Nartasha if you wanted but uh, she hasn't told you what that what that particularly means mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. so 
Isle is escorting you, Vivek Nartasha, and uh, Vral Tuck, the leader of the Vakal tribe. In addition to all of the new upgrades that you've seen and like things that were pulled together in an astonishingly short amount of time, you notice that everyone is packing. And earlier, when you guys were here... They acted like they were going to set up shop here and... Like they were absolutely over. setting that, yes. Yeah. But also, when you were here before, everyone responded to Vral Tuck like very, very reverently, right? Mm. And he was very a very distracting presence. And while he is still commanding respect of people who like people that are directly in your guys's path or whatever, like definitely stand aside and give him like a nod. There's still that respect there, but you can tell that uh the the energy is like getting stuff done so it's it's like all right step out of his way uh, acknowledge him and then get back to whatever you were doing yeah, yeah and yeah. you see that people are um people are definitely packing is it a panicked pack it's a controlled but uh but but frantic mm. yeah i don't even want to say frantic that feels like the wrong word but uh, they're, they're moving with purpose yes a very, very quickly, yes I yes I, I can picture what that looks like yeah and you can see that like certain things have been like shel certain shelves have been cleared out halfway or, you know, like, so there's clearly a, a, a decision. There's decisions being made about what is brought and what is left on top of all of this packing in general, like uh, not chaos, but, you know, organized chaos, if you will, mm. like any like any massive corporation, stockyard, uh, shipping yard, like that kind of like everyone is really moving with this like part of a body. Yeah. There's a very an organized presence here. It seems like everyone knows exactly what they're doing and what they should be doing. But cutting through all of this and overriding all of your other senses, you smell an angelic fragrance. <gasps> it's like when you were sleeping next to the oven on a cold night and Beth, Be Betty, was it? Betty. Betty. Miss Crocker. Sorry, yeah, Miss Crocker uh, was making uh, like sweet rolls for a really early batch and you wake up to that smell. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling of warmth and safety. Just, safety, yeah. And you can tell it's coming from a small selection of tents that have been pulled together and like reinforced and they're just slightly off the path to the right. Um, yeah, Baja is not saying anything to anybody. He's just going to peel like off towards it like a cartoon character led by his, oh what is that delightful odor Nartasha turns and like sees you going and she goes like Baja uh, Baja and then she follows you is uh, <laughs> Is I'm at the front like <clears throat> turns and goes well, what is the human doing now and then begins to follow you as well and again he's it, uh, very Baja Sorry, didn't no, you're touch good. it. Baja is still just like floating along like a cartoon character, yeah. following his nose. Is that? I smell. Is that vanilla and cinnamon and? Uh, oh, somebody's made a great bread with some. You push they open put the clarified flap. butter in there. You push open the flap to this tent, and you walk in to the kitchen of your dreams. It is. Wall to wall inside this tent structure, they have pulled together all of these different um, 
like industrial devices and you can see that there are different portions that have been like netted off almost that like there's a portion design or like dedicated to meat over in the corner where they're slow roasting something you can't recognize at this point because it's been processed so so far and then like next to that they have these sinks where they have potatoes that are soaking and then across from that they've got like a big rice cook or a, bi- a big like uh, cauldron of rice that's Ooh. just steaming and then one whole wall is just ovens pe- just ovens like flour all of the all of the things that you could possibly want to bake with mm. like laid out and organized perfectly this is the most beautiful thing i've ever was it no what was it uh nartasha 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 this is the this is the beautiful most beautiful this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Can I? I'm going in. I have to go in. Natasha steps in behind you and she says, oh, I'm, I'm glad that you like it. And I she gets, I think I can whip up something real quick. We don't, do we have just a little time? It would, it'll take absolutely no time. It's 10 minutes. I, I could make us something just, the ovens, these ovens are already preheated. I could make us something amazing. And, and just, it's just a little bit of time. I just, can you I can just see... have some time? Uh, go ahead and roll another perception with uh, notice, um, acute sight if you have it, or any anything that's like social to be able to read emotions. This is like a, an emotion reading check. So do you have any skill? <laughs> situational awareness. I would say you could add situational awareness, um, but you do need to negate your obsession with baking. Oh, in that case, if if we're going off of that, I have got a soft one. A soft one. I rolled okay. a two. You continue to. Uh, <laughs> to d- talk about this baking oh despite... I'm, not, I'm not even just talking about it he's fully grabbed a bowl and found the flour and is starting to mix like has already gotten the little thing it's already starting to cut up pieces of butter with like what what is that thing the butter the cutter. little masher thing the little yeah, masher thing about, I think, yeah i'm sorry guys i'm not actually a patriot so. <laughs> but he's actually he's just starting to like he's like i'm just trying to get like a little bit of thing. I was like, if I could make some like croissants or, oh, maybe I could make like some cookies. Like I've got enough time. You can see that there's a, like a full uh, metal fridge that's been plugged in and run through like clearly just like a cord that's run out the side of the tent and off to some source mm-hmm. of power somewhere. Uh, but you can see like, or you like you pop it open and you see that inside there are like jars of different kinds of milk from like goats and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as you begin to mix all this together, uh, Natasha like watches you and there's a soft smile on her face, but what you don't notice because Baja is so very busy and obsessed is uh, her smile after a moment becomes crestfallen and she looks down at the ground for just a second. And Isle Vime at that point pushes her way in, pulls the flap aside and says, human. What are you doing with I'm yourself? Just trying to make some quick cookies. I thought I thought we would all enjoy something. I was thinking maybe Snickerdoodle. That's really simple. You are an imbecile. And she begins to take two or three steps towards you to reach out. But as she does, Tuck steps in. And he says, Isolé, Isolé, please. Steady your hand. Allow him to take in his surroundings. Natasha. And he puts a hand on her shoulder and he says understand if you don't wish to be in here this must be a very difficult environment for you 
if you would like to stand outside, I'd be happy to wait in here with, with Baja until he is done. She, like, nods silently and turns and steps out. Oh. And then Vral Tuxis, Isolay, I'm, I'm sure a few moments won't make a difference. Please, please wait outside. And she, like, growls and says, at this point, the, ba- the batter is fully together, and ba- Baja, completely not paying attention to that conversation, already has a cookie sheet out, <laughs> and is starting to lay the parchment paper out, <laughs> and is beginning to start scooping. He's like, I, I swear, it will not take, like, we got, like, maybe nine minutes in how oven, the hot this oven is, it won't take long. You don't even notice that Isole has left the room necessarily, but you do hear the sink turn on, and then you glance over your shoulder, like, like as you're as you're whisking, and uh, you see that Vraltuk is washing his hands under the sink, like up to all the way up to his elbow, and then he uh, steps over next to you. Says, "Would you like a hand plating these?" Well, of course. Is it plating or I know arranging? You, well, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this scoop, and I'm going to put a scoop out here. And if you could smush it down with a fork, we're going to kind of make them look like peanut butter cookies, even though they're snickerdoodles. He uh, he nods and chuckles a little and uh, takes whatever you hand him and starts scooping them out. And as he does, he uh, says, we, you'll have to forgive Natasha. We have made many advances in the Vakal tribe in the last... <laughs> few hours of our existence, but unfortunately, we have not been able to locate uh, Natasha's young sister, and she had a proclivity for these baked things as well, so oh, no. you understand at the moment. It's... Oh, yeah, no, I totally understand. If if I couldn't go back in the kitchen, it would ruin me. Well, I am happy to see the joy it brings you. I know we have great respect for the preparation of food in the Vakal tribe, and there are many great bakers and cooks here that you would absolutely be able to compare some some notes. I would love to learn. Many of us here in the Vakal tribe have grown quite fond of human food, and uh, quite honestly, most of us have never known anything but it. And, uh, Baja, I just... I want you to know I feel that there could be a place for you here. Well, if they can keep the kitchen this nice, I mean, I probably won't ever leave. You probably have trouble. You probably have to kill me to get out of here. He puts a hand on your shoulder and like he's I mean, he's pretty short for a Calvac, but he's still like six, seven, probably, you know. So like you're a tall dude, but he still stands several inches over you. He puts a hand on your shoulder and like gets your attention and says, uh, Baja, while we let these bake, I have something I must show you. And not only for your safety, for my safety, for the safety of everyone above us as well. I need you to represent the Vakal tribe in alerting the humans of the dangers below their feet. For as it stands now, we have no foothold left here. The Vakal tribe packs their bags. We must leave. We must leave our birthright, our home. And he like stares straight past you for just a second. He says, Bonds were made with women of darkness. Mm-hmm. And these mistakes must not 
change the future of the Vakal tribe. You understand, Baja? As as he puts as, as I put it into the oven and set the thing, I nod to him. I say, I think I do. Right as you slide the tray into the oven and close the door, you like stand up to turn and look at him, and he takes a step towards you. Uh, he grabs a, a glass, pours himself some milk, and takes a, a long drink as he composes himself. And as he begins to say something to you, Isole pushes the flap open and steps back into the tent, and she says, Vautuk, one of the scouts is back. You must hear what he has to say. And then she steps aside, and a, another Calvec comes in. Uh, you recognize this guy. He's, oh. he's someone that you worked with. You, you don't really... You don't really know, like you're not friends, but he is a miner that you have seen around before. Yeah, we've, uh, he we've kinda, probably like nodded at each other before. Yeah, Maybe he's for taking sure. a pastry. Yeah, you guys. Oh, is he in the rewards the club? I would say no, not oh, yet. Oh man, not yet. It's never too late to get signed up. It's true, and he he takes a, a few steps in. Uh, he's clearly winded, and he's like, that vra vra. And he uh, he drops down to like a one need salute, and he says, "Vratuk, I return from the central mine. The levels have raised, but also from above the desert suns have arrived. Their numbers are en- en- enormous, and one has already fallen and sits even now. They they they, they offload in the main shaft. There there are there are a dozen of them at least. Then they they are headed this direction." Isolay kind of grunts and like she grabs the the uh, the scout, hits him above the head, and then in Calvec she chastises him. Mm-hmm. You don't know what she says. Vral Tuck responds in Calvec. You don't know what he says. Uh, but then the the scout continues in Calvec. Like so, you get the sense that she like smacked him across the head and was like, "Hey, stop using English." Mm-hmm. And he switched into speaking Fuck Calvec, her. but it's a little too late, and you already know like what he said. After a minute, Vral Tuck steps back to you and says, Baja, the Vevek and I feel you shall serve an important part in the future of our relations with humans. However, at the moment, I have something that is a bit pressing. And he makes a gesture to Isolay. She turns and she leaves the tent with the scout. Uh, he, you can hear outside, she begins to like bark orders in Calvec to different people. And uh, the Vraltuk like steps uh, forward. He puts his hand out. He says, 20 minutes for these uh, cookies to bake, yes? With the temperature, I, I think they should be good to go in nine. They've been in there for about a minute and a half already, so I think we should be able to go in seven and a half minutes. He, uh, he chuckles, he uh, turns and takes a few steps to the edge of the tent and barks orders and somebody, like, after a second, the scout that, that just reported comes back in. He's, he drops down into the one needs salute again. He looks at, uh, at Vral Tuck and he says, my commander, Vral Tuck continues in English and he says, uh, I want you to stay here in this tent and I want you to understand the future of the Vakal tribe rests on these cookies coming out in seven and a half. And he looks over his shoulder to confirm like seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Well, now it's seven minutes by now. Seven in seven minutes. And the, 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 the scout like fully drops his head. He says, it will be done, sir. Oh, God. And Val oh, Tuck shit. takes you and he the is laughing. Like, oh God. Baja, 
Baja, oh. let us continue. It is unfortunate, but we are on quite I, a timetable. You know what? I made the cookies. I don't have to see them come to fruition. We'll double back through here. Cool. And he like grabs you and takes you out. Um, you have to. I already prepared the the sugar and, uh, and and cinnamon mix. All you gotta do is sprinkle it on top. Don't do it too heavy-handedly, or they'll be gross. As you leave the tent, you see that Isolay Vine has taken uh, several different scouts and, and guards that were stationed around, and she's formed a small posse, and they are actually already headed uh, out of this area to... They're already headed out of this cavern into one of the side tunnels that you happen to know heads back to the main mine shaft. Mm-hmm. Vral Tuck grabs you, and... Uh, Natasha rejoins you. A couple of the guards jump in to take over for Isolay, and your guys' small group begins to head in the other direction, back the way that they brought you guys up uh, as the survivors. Mm -hmm. So you guys continue through this mess of tunnels for a few minutes. There's some time for chatting and some small talk as you guys continue through the tunnels. At one point, you do ask Natasha, and she says that Vevect is the Calvec word for doctor or healer or uh, like teacher. It means great intellect and that she has been selected basically out of the tribe to be their Vevect and so basically their like intellectual leader. After a little bit of winding through these tunnels you reach where where the tunnel that you're familiar with as a miner would end and a new tunnel cuts out of that tunnel and begins to drop and descend. Now you recall that this is the network of tunnels that you guys were brought through that were just encrusted in chaos gems and diamonds Mm -hmm. and iridium and you know for a fact that these have been just now accessed for the first time in untold eras. Yeah. However, this time as you look into the tunnels, you see that just 10-15 feet down these tunnels you can see uh, where the descent begins and it begins to go to a lower level that the fouled water that was rising around you guys when you were on the lift has up. already reached this point and is creeping Whoa. up. The Vevect looks at you and she looks at Vral Tuck. She says, Baja, I know that you're a miner. You understand how much square footage has already been filled by this water. Baja's mind is fully boggled by the amount of water that is below and creeping up. You can also see, like, in in and around the, like, in the tunnel under the water, you can see the gems still, like, cascading with energy. So there's almost, like, an illumination down, like, a hot tub or, like, a lit pool where, like, you can see these different colored gems, like, illuminating it and they're firing off a little bit down this. It's, it looks toxic, but it also looks majestic, but it also looks potentially explosive. And there's definitely a part of your non-baker's soul, your minor side that looks at this and just is astonished. Just hears the cha-ching. Yeah. Like, if I could just get a hold of it, I'd never have to dig again. Vral Tuck turns and, uh, he steps towards you. He says, um, Baja, the waters continue to rise. Our birthright has proven to be a lie. 
We must forge new paths now for our future moving forward will be short, will be, will be not much of a future if we are not willing to bridge new paths with the humans. I, you uh, want me to be builder? Me, Baja, what makes you think they're going to listen to me? I'm just a baker. I'm just a baker with a pickaxe. At that moment, the scout that returned, that, that uh, brought the news earlier, like, <laughs> and he runs up and he reaches out and hands Vral Tuck something. And Vral Tuck takes it from him and. hands you the other half of one of the cookies you made and he says I think you know just how to reach people and we'll cut there oh my god that's so good everybody sorry for the delayed release once again i was down for several days this week with a respiratory infection but never fear chapter 30 is already in the works as always i have been your narrator jay muskrat in addition to myself today's episode featured caleb lynn as harold crimp and bajatar wheel kaylin s as kietel shea josh s as evan brewer jackie b as lavender cooper and Elizabeth Muskrat as Coriander Cooper. Music in today's story was used under the Creative Commons license. Additional credits can be found in the episode description. Droughtland is played using Eden Studios' Unisystem, which can be found in All Flesh Must Be Eaten, CJ Carella's Witchcraft, amongst others. If you don't already, make sure you follow the show on social media at Droughtland Pod. We'll be back with more adventures for you in two weeks with Chapter 30, Backer Holt Burns. Yeah, you do one more stink. Backerhold burns. With Backerhold burns. Once again, I have been your narrator, Jay Muskrat. Thanks for listening. And remember, one man's NPC is another man's quest giver. Uh, Shelby O'Farlin was her name, but nobody actually Shelby caught it. O'Farlin. Yeah, Sorry, she... I forgot that it was Shelby O'Farlin. Yeah, her name was Shelby O'Farlin, but nobody even caught it. Uh, do I notice kind of that the feeling that she feels like she's not in the right place and things like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So I put a hand on her and I say, no one is ever ready for the times in which they live. But we find a way to endeavor through. Not the exact Lord of the Rings. Book, it's <laughs> it's not. It's like, hang on, wait. It's enough. It's enough to be legally distinct. Okay, I don't hear lawyers knocking at the door. Just checking, just making sure. You guys fly past the second level of Backer Holt. Wow, wow. That's so aggressive. That's so aggressive. I, I got into an argument with my uh, teacher in eighth grade because he said drizzle was an actual type of precipitation. <laughs> Possession's nine-tenths of the law, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes ten-tenths, you know what I mean?
Uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Insinuate, I mean. Cool, dude. Yeah. yeah. Legal references. <laughs> that room of lawyers. Everybody loves Let's that. get that legal eagle guy on here. He'd be fun. Cilantro <laughs> helps you guys. Yeah, Brad Bradshaw, hit us up. I love these super, super like rural references that you guys keep making. Like they're great. They're they're it's it's gonna really hit. Good. Everybody knows who be who be be, be Brad 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 is. Brad Brad Brad. 